a slant and go episode something. We got to be better about that. I think going right. forward, we can, know. we can start over if you want. No, but, I mean, and this is something yeah. I, I meant to talk about that I forgot until right now. <laughs> I was like, you know. Could I, I look this up before? <laughs> just once. An episode. Let me see. I'm going to look it up right now. Okay. All right. Episode. Oh, wow. Episode 23. Hey, see? Jo- wow. Jordan. Jordan episode. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, it's actually, that's a good, that's a good lead in. That wasn't go. planned at all, Craig. Oh. Craig should know by now that none of this is planned. <laughs> Craig knows, aware of our prowling, uh, our, our planning prowess, right? Yeah. There's not. Right. No, there's, there is none. Right. No, that's why. But bringing up Jordan, um, this is actually a good lead in to the first thing I want to talk about, which is just yeah. some of the storylines coming up because, you know, there's, there's storylines like, you know, are Rodgers and LaFleur going to yeah. click yeah. and crap like that? Yep. You know, who wants a new contract? Will AB get to use the old helmet that's almost surely going to give him CTE if he keeps using it? Or All does he already have it from the helmet he's been right. using? Right. Is that why he's pressing the issue? Like, I really want this helmet yeah. because I already am da- damaged. I, I don't get it. That guy. Anyway, those are, those are all storylines we could talk about. But the stuff that I want to talk about, there's, there's some really significant kind of milestones coming up this year. Yeah. I mean, it's the 100th, 100th anniversary of the NFL, right? Like, there's going to be all we hear about all yep. year long. Yep. But some things that are going to happen. So one of the things that's going to happen, or should happen. I mean, none of these are guaranteed, right? Like, anything sure. can happen, right? But yeah. some of the things that should happen are uh, Larry Fitzgerald moving into number two in all, all-time in receptions. Yep. That should easily happen this, yeah. this season. Um, that's kind of a big deal. I mean, that's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How far away is he? Uh, you with the questions. He, <laughs> well, because Gonzalez is in number two. The number right. two it's, it's Jerry, then, then Gonzo next, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You can look, you can look that one up for yourself. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I just wrote down the high, the high level thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, him moving, I mean, he deserves it. I mean, he's, I don't think this NFL has ever seen better hands than that guy. So uh, I have to agree. I mean, his hands are absolutely ridiculous. Like the types of catches he's made routinely. Um, I mean, just like the sheer numbers or whatever they are, like just think about how many times in his career or watching Cardinals games over the years, have you seen him drop a ball? Like just, just think about that. And if twice, maybe if I was going to say all the years, yeah. The next, I was gonna say, if more than two come to mind, yeah. then you're drunk because you just you're imagining maybe like this a different angle of the same drop that he had or something. But like, <laughs> like the guy just catches Re- everything. They, they show a bunch of replays. You're like, he dropped it five times. <laughs> exactly. They're like, oh my god, what, what is wrong with him? You forgot to play football. Um, no, and actually, you're exactly right because I can think of one drop, yeah. and I'm like, I must have seen another drop. Like I'm actually, I kind of like filling that in. You're just like I, assuming that there was another yeah. one at some point. Yeah, yeah, there must have been. And that's fair. Um, you know, he's only played 14 years. So if we can remember two drops, yeah. then, you know, <laughs> once every every seven or eight years, he's, he's due for one. Yeah, um, that's true. So he's uh, 22 catches from uh, – 23 catches from passing Gonzalez. Okay, so, right. So in the offense that the Cardinals are going to run, he might have that by, like, halftime of the second game. Um <laughs> I, I don't know, <laughs> but uh, minutes in of the, to the season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, just looking at even as he's like so obviously his numbers have, have slowed down. You know, um, mm-hmm. for for 
well, you think they slowed down, but I mean, three out of his, four out of his last, uh, three out of his last four years have been either a hundred catches or more, mm-hmm. uh, wow. or or a thousand yards or more, and that's three out of the last four. So we're talking about like a very downtime in in Arizona, you know, in Arizona football. So oh yeah, that offense has been terrible, and. Yeah. I mean, it just this is this is what I think makes the Hall of Famer, and actually, it's kind of what I don't like about the Hall of Fame, to be really honest. Yeah, is that it's it's more about longevity and consistency than it is about you know amazing talent or you know yeah. somebody kind of changed the the face of the game or something. Yeah, but not it's not not to take away from him at all. I mean, he's he's one of my favorite players. He's a great dude. He's one of those guys that like even being on a rival team within the division for his whole mm-hmm. career, you know, there's there's he's just that guy that you're just like. Yeah, what can you do? You can't hate the guy. You know, like you right. just can't. Um, yeah. He doesn't complain. He, do, he, you know, the team asked him to block and, you know, knock it two passes. Fantastic blocker. He was a fantastic blocker. Um, he, you know, kind of people thought he was falling off and maybe mm-hmm. started to slow down there. Um, 2012, 2013, 2014, a little three-year stretch. Mm-hmm. He uh, topped out at 950 yards. So I think people were kind of thinking, oh, maybe, maybe that's it. You know, maybe he's kind of – kind of hit that wall, and then 2015, 109 catches, 1,200 yards. Uh, 2016, 107 catches, 1,000 yards. 2017, 109 catches, 1,100 yards. Last year, obviously, 70 catches, uh, just under 70 catches, 700 yards. I mean, it wasn't going to work last year. They weren't able to block long enough to get him the ball. Um, yeah. So, no, that's huge. And, I mean, it just goes to show, like, the type of, like, longevity you need to have, the type of player you need to be to like continue to be there uh, and work your way up this list. Cause a lot of the things we're using to describe Fitzgerald, we'd also use to describe Tony Gonzalez. I mean, they're so mm-hmm. similar in so many ways, right? Yep. For sure. Um, the next one I want to talk about is going to be near and dear to your heart. Oh, that's scary. Your boy, Frank, Frank Gore. Ah, Frank. Less than 500 yards away from moving up into number three in the all time rushing list. I think with Frank, obviously, you know, it's going to mean something different to someone that's a fan of, of the team. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, if you just, like, even talk about, you know, just remove – like, even if I don't talk about what he's meant to Niner fans and what he meant to the, the organization through, through all that stuff, mm-hmm. I mean, just the fact that this guy came into the league with two, like, reconstructed knees – um, well, yeah. and people don't know that I think it was his second year, um, basically when he took the job over full time, um, at some point either after that year or, or in the off season right before he also had surgery on like, kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how damaging it was obviously, but like on both shoulders, like mm-hmm. at the same time. So like no. the dude, the dude just playing the most brutal position, you know, probably other than linebacker or box safety when you were allowed to, you know, really be a box safety. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy that he's been able to play this long and, and do as well as he has. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not like he's just hanging around, just doing whatever, you know, like he's, oh. still, he's still contributing. He's still putting up some yards. I mean, granted, he's not going for a thousand every year, but like, you know, he was at what? 720, 722 last year, mm-hmm. 950 the year before a mm-hmm. thousand the year before that. And then nine, 960, almost 970 the year before. So you look at the last four years. I mean, yeah, he's only gone over a thousand one time, but I mean, he was what forty yards short two of the three years. Like yeah. very easily, he could have just, you know, if he had if he was able to do that, just just stretching it here, 
if he was able to get 40 more yards in 2015 and 2017, mm-hmm. he would have had – that would have been seven straight years of 1,000 yards. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I don't even know. Like, yeah, how, not a lot of guys have had that, yeah. I don't even know how often that's happened. And that's the back half of his career, you know. Mm-hmm. So, right. absolutely crazy what he's been able to do. Um, I love that he's still going. His son is, like, making noise in the high school football in, in Florida. Oh, and yeah? People are, like, nice. people are like, the only time Frank's going to stop playing is when his son is on his team and he can – then he'll just be he'll just be the running back coach and just – Yeah, just, right, right. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah, I, I do feel like, like he has to get to 500, and considering last year, what would you say, 720? 720. It could yeah. – it's possible it doesn't happen, right? Like, yeah. but I, I think if it doesn't happen, he comes back for another year. You know what That's I mean? what I'm like saying. I, think- I mean, yeah, I, I got to think 500 for him. You know, he is in a. The, it's not like he's the only one in the backfield. Then he wasn't in the only one in the backfield in Miami either. But yeah. you know, you still got uh, Lashawn McCoy still there. Um, they they invested in the draft uh, with a young running back who you know they obviously don't have to like just hand everything over to. Like, there's there's plenty of work to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, also, his, his, his quarterback rushes a lot now, too. So, there's going to be – I mean, you know, 500 might be, might be as best as he can do. But, I mean, if he does that, he's, you know, passing up Barry Sanders, which is crazy to think about. I know, right? I mean, Barry Sanders, who – had he stayed in the league. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. Would have walked away with this. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, still an impressive achievement. Yeah. And like you're saying, running back is – it probably is the most punishing – uh, position. It's brutal, man. It's absolutely brutal. It, you know, if you're a linebacker, yeah, you're hitting, but you're the one doing the hitting. You know, like yeah, you're yeah. a running back, you're getting this clobbered every time you carry the ball. So yeah, and you think about it, some of the some of the teams he was on, where the offense was just purely built around him, and there wasn't much else to be worried about. You know, like, mm-hmm. um, and you knew Frank was getting the ball, and you knew he was getting it a bunch, and he yeah. still was just you know, grinding, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, next one. Um, so Darren Sproles, he's coming back for his 14th season. And he should, if all goes, you know, decently, should pass 20,000 all-purpose yards. Putting oh, him wow. behind, behind Jerry, Brian Mitchell, Walter, and Emmett. But passing up Tim Brown. I mean, that's, again, says kind of some, I think, if you people were trying to guess and name that list, they might have the first couple. Um, mm-hmm. To me, it says that people are still undervaluing what Tim Brown was as a player too. But um, right, um, right. You know, we'll keep it on on Sproles here. I think <laughs> what's been great about Sproles is just that, like, you know, similar to Frank, like guys that kind of defy sort of the norm of the expectation. Like the book on Frank was, oh, he's just he's hurt, he's broken, he's like this, like, you know, kind of like put together in, in fragile pieces, you know, type of mm-hmm. type of back, and he's been able to crank out this nice long career. Sproles, I mean, at his size, he's yeah. listed at 5'6", 190, you know? And <laughs> while he may have gotten shorter since joining the league, I doubt he got taller. <laughs> so let's say he was even 5'7", when he got drafted. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, not big uh, by, any, by any dimensions, really, right? Um, but just been able to – I don't know. I, I, uh, similar to what we were talking about with Fitzgerald, like, you try to think back over the, the majority of his career. I don't remember a lot of times seeing him, like, really get popped, really taking huge hits. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he just, you know, one, hey, if you're 5'6", maybe you're hard to find and get lit up out there. Yeah, But sure. um, on the other side, he's just knowing, you know, hey, a run's over, get out of bounds, or 
I've done what I can, you know, like get down, like just been able to stretch it out because again, we're talking about the same brutal position we were just mm-hmm. mentioning with Frank and a guy for his size to still be doing it, you know, yeah. it's, uh, it's crazy. And you got to think that some, you know, his earlier years, obviously, uh, you know, for his first five years of the league, he was, you know, on the Chargers when, when Tomlinson was mm-hmm. reigning supreme, right? So yeah. he still managed to just be a vital part of that offense. And then even since moving on, I mean, you know, little we'll stint to New Orleans, Philly, I mean, he's also mm-hmm. just kind of been a part of, like, some of the the more, like, progressive offenses, you know, that we've seen. Yeah, for sure. No, he's a, he's a fantastic player. And he, um, I mean, I, He's still at 14 years in. He still scares defenses. You know, I mean, that's it's pretty impressive. Yeah, and I mean, for Philly to bring him back, you know, I was I was a little surprised when I heard the news because, um, you know, Philly made a trade for Jordan Howard um, mm-hmm. from Chicago. They had a, a cluster of backs that just kind of one by one sort of got hurt last year, mm-hmm. and so I thought, oh, adding Jordan Howard, and then maybe if they add someone to the draft, you know, that'll kind of be the 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 sort of like front end of their their backfield. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got an awesome running back in the draft, I think, uh, Miles Sanders. I think he could really turn into something special. But after all that, they still went and brought Sproles back, which I think says a lot about what he can still do. But also the fact that, like, I mean, he's just still finding a way to be useful at this at this age. I mean, he's, he's 35. Like, the, like yeah. you know, for for him to be still rolling is, is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. We got like the bark and go going on back there. Yeah, I know. I was trying to try to <laughs> try to uh, to drown it out with my my rambling. <laughs> um, so probably the one that's going to get the most attention this year, though, is that Brady and Breeze are both probably going to, uh, you know, surpass the current record for uh, all-time TD passes. Right. So. Uh, one of them is going to end up the end of the year as the leader all time in TD passes. Um, who are you? Uh, who are you going to put your money on there, Brady oh, or Breeze? Interesting. Um, let's see here. It's a great question. I think uh, you got obviously Peyton's at five thirty nine and Breeze at five twenty, so yep. just just nineteen behind and Brady's. Just three three behind that, right? So, so, I mean, looking at both these guys, I don't know. I mean, I would think the if this is a Vegas bet, then you know, the the money line is probably on Breeze, right? Like you know, for for figuring out, you know, if he's going to either a break it first or stay out in front of Brady, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, you just look at kind of what his touch, what he's been able to do the last two or so years. I think. Uh, and then buffering, loading, loading, loading. I think he's uh, he's been able to, and he's been able to stay roughly, you know, at thirty touchdowns or or higher for all but one year um, of the last. Well, yeah, twenty seventeen, he had a bit of an off year, right? Um, yeah, of, of the last ten years, you're talking about thirty or more. Yeah, right. Well, and he got up to forty six in twenty eleven. I mean, yeah, yeah. So he's like the the the. Obviously, the, the capability, I think, is there to throw plenty of touchdowns. Yeah. Um, the thing that is most interesting to me about Breeze is that after, you know, after really topping out at, uh, uh, with the attempts, the number of attempts in 2016, uh-huh. 
you know, he's at like almost, he was almost at 700, which is nuts. Um, but he was about, he was about a, a game, an average game away, you know, from it. He was like 27 short. So um, he's, he's, he's seen that the attempts drop down. And I think the, the Saints mm-hmm. have kind of changed their identity a bit in terms of like lean on Kamara a little bit more, you know, there are uh, some, some shorter kind of throws to sort of like use the kind of the motion game and just kind of get guys moving the sticks on their own. Um, mm-hmm. I believe he led the league last year in um, first downs achieved while throwing short of the yard uh, of the marker. So guys were just oh, interesting. Okay. Guys were making plays for him. Not is that the, is that the design of the offense or is that he, is he throwing guys open in those situations? Like what's I, the, I think, part of it, I think part of it is the pace of the offense. I think it's also part of like who you have. I mean, Michael Thomas is just, you know, oh, yeah. he's, a, he's a monster. So you're like, Hey, he's not necessarily going to like always burn by everybody, but mm-hmm. he can slant and just, you know, and go. And go, oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> he, can, he can slant and catch for sure. Um, uh-huh. So, you know, I think there's just sort of adjusting to what they have. Um, but, even if they're running more and passing a little bit less, I mean, I feel like the touchdowns are still going to be there. You know, like mm-hmm. I feel like 30 touchdowns is a pretty safe estimate for him, even if it's 29, you know, yeah. um, versus, you know, if, if Tom kind of, they saw a little bit of a change too, right? Um, I mean, most, mostly in the, in the playoffs, but you look at, you know, his number of attempts, I mean, it was, Still roughly around like 500, 580, 570. So the last two years have been pretty consistent for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but they obviously don't care how they win the game, right? They'll, mm-hmm. they'll throw it six times if they have to, if the run game is working. Yeah. So I think the money is on, on Breeze to, to set it. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, Brady's just going to take what, whatever he can get in terms of, hey, if I don't need to throw a touchdown for six games when we win, that's going to work. I think yeah. Breeze doesn't have that luxury where – it's even though you would think the, the offense in New Orleans is so much, you know, probably more superior, but that's because Breeze has to drive it. Where I mm-hmm. think at this point, Tom just has to, you know, really just make sure like when the time comes and he needs to really deliver that crazy over the top, you know, in between two defenders pass, he's like, I'll do that. No problem. But mm-hmm. until then we've got talented young backs. You got James White, you got Edelman, you got all this, all this like town around him, like just, get them the ball, let them go to work, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. I think if you're trying to make money on this bet, you bet Brady. And, you know, mm-hmm. you're trying, if you're trying not to lose money, which maybe <laughs> the gambler credo you'd expect, um, right. you, uh, you, you bet on Breeze. Yeah, I mean, you look like Brady had the one, the one crazy year with the 50 touchdowns. Um, yeah. But beyond, like, other than that, like, he's, he's always, like, right around 30, right? And – Breeze has had a bunch of years, like he's had multiple years over 40 and he's always, you know, he like most often he's over that 30 mark, 30 to 35. So yeah, I would say, and can considering he's starting with a three touchdown lead, yeah. he's probably the, the favorite to end the year at, on the top, on top. But, um, you know, Josh Gordon coming back like that, that maybe skews it a little bit in the other That's way. True. I mean, if the guy can stay on the field, he's a uh, quite a weapon, but. Oh yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I feel like just as Gronk was kind of like nearing the end of things and you kind of knew he was like, eh, his window is what it is and just the injuries kind of piled up. But sure enough, they were able to get, you know, James White became a, even more of a focal point. A lot of touchdowns went his way, you know, mm-hmm. using kind of the swing pass and the screen game and stuff. So similar to Breeze, I mean, I think they just 
they obviously do it better than everyone, right? Like just using what they've got, um, not only in the best way possible for them, but in a way that is also at a disadvantage for the defense. So yeah, for sure. That's all I got for storyline. You got anything? I mean, we could talk about whether we're uh, headed for a work work stop stoppage. That's kind of yeah, that's a downer. Depressing. We're not going to touch on. That. <laughs> all um, right, I, I am glad good. you. I'm glad you brought it up because I think a lot of people aren't even either aren't thinking about it or choosing to sort of be like you know. Yeah, but like the NFLPA actually was advising the players to start putting money away. Yeah. You know, make sure you have some savings in case this happens and stuff. Yeah. So, could happen. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm old enough to remember the last time this happened. Correct. And uh, yeah, me too. I'm actually old enough to remember Steve Largent crossing the picket lines. Yeah. And playing against the scrubs, and yeah. he ran this route, and the guy literally just fell down. <laughs> he couldn't even I mean, stay on his feet. I yeah. It's almost <laughs> like like that example like last year after um, you know Cody Parkey uh, double doinked that field goal. And mm. then they had um, uh, the Bears. The Bears had like a thing set up in the lot. You know, like they're like, whoever wants to come kick a thirty whatever yard field goal and make it, go ahead, please. Yeah, right. And like, what a hundred people tried and they all like just failed. It's oh, like, wow. Yeah. yeah, I'm just saying, like, harder than it looks. Yeah, everyone, everyone that likes to just complain about like, oh, just sh- shut up and take the check. And I'm not going to sit here and say that these guys aren't, you know, making ridiculous amounts of money because they obviously are. Yeah. But it's like. There's only what? How many people on a roster? You know, fifty-three. How many teams in the league? There's only yeah, that, there's only that many. There's a, look, look at you. Look at the <laughs> noggin on this guy. Um, I'm gonna send you my taxes. <laughs> there's only that many people on Earth that can do what they do, right? So they've got to take care of themselves. And mm-hmm. when there's a holdout, as much as I hate there not being football, I also hate when when people. I think kind of like give players shit for not taking care of themselves or like looking out for themselves, you know? Like, well, and, there, and there's, there's so much money in football. I mean, the, you know, the, the, the TV contracts and everything are just ridiculous. Right. So yeah. these guys, you know, they're the ones who are putting the product on the field. So they deserve yeah. to be paid. You know, yeah. I mean, it's how much they deserve to be paid. I mean, you know, $140 million or whatever, or, yeah. you know, yeah. 54 million guaranteed. Like what? It's a lot of money. Yeah. But then again, they're also wrecking their, their bodies, you know, their, their vessels on this earth. <laughs> so, um, you know, for our enjoyment. So I, you know, give them enough money that they can reconstruct it with robotics or whatever. Yeah. I mean, just thinking about that, it's like, you've got right now, you've got Melvin Gordon saying, trade me or pay me. Right. And he's, you know, one of the, like, maybe not, the best, or you know, there are maybe other running backs that you'd rank above him if you want to rank him or whatever. But yep. he's clearly one of the one of the the better, or one of the better players at his position. Um, mm-hmm. You've got Zeke, who maybe is maybe the best running back right now. You know, like you, you depending on who you want to who you want to yeah. lean towards in that. Um, both of them saying like, "Hey, pay me." Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's nothing else that they're putting forward right now. Zeke's got two years left on his deal. I think yeah. he has got one year left. So they're both, you know, taking their stand right now. And this is all, what, a year after Le'Veon just sat the whole year and said, mm-hmm. pay me, you know? And yeah. so I think that position is maybe kind of leading the charge for this whole CBA thing, right? And, and just mm-hmm. saying, hey, we, we've been taking it on the, on the chin, you know, mm-hmm. literally for far too long. Yeah. And, and, and the crazy thing is not just how different the scale of pay is, 
uh, for other sports, but how different it is just within football itself, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's these guys who get paid astronomical amounts, and then there's a steep drop-off. You look at any roster and kind of the money that people are making, two or three guys at the top, and then everybody else is making close to the minimum. I mean, it's... Absolutely, you know, yeah. Um, and it's actually an interesting, interesting timing for these running backs to be taking a stand because, you know, if you said over the last five years, you'd say the trend was towards, you know, running back by committee, a lot more passing game, all that kind of stuff. And now, like, I mean, the Seahawks were kind of leading the charge last year, but there's a lot, bunch of teams kind of getting back to just playing smash mouth. I mean, it's kind of, you know, yeah. like going back to a power run game. I feel, I, I feel that I want to say it was maybe two off seasons ago. Um, just looking at the draft that had just happened and kind of like, and kind of the way that the league was, was heading, um, mm -hmm. you know, I felt like running back had been a position that was sort of like, not just dying down, but there weren't as many elite ones. Uh, mm -hmm. More teams were going to the committee, like, like, as you were saying. So you just started seeing this resurgence, right? You know, Gurley hits the league, um, yeah. Zeke, Saquon, um, right. yeah. you know, prior to getting, uh, prior to getting in trouble, you know, Kareem, Kareem Hunt, guys, guys that were just all of a sudden there's all these talented backs again. And mm -hmm. teams were like, oh, wait, we can still do it this way. We don't have yeah. to, you know, go to the, the empty sets and throwing it 50 times. And, you know, the quarterbacks that were paying $30 million a year is under mm -hmm. siege all the time, you know. So um, it, it's, it's crazy how many – I feel like there's been so many times where you've seen these waves come through with mm -hmm. football. Or just it's, it's cyclical. Right, you yep. know, the way you win has always been the kind of the way that, like you, you said, the the obviously the Seahawks and plenty of teams that have made their like their splash mm -hmm. playoff runs, they won that way. Run the ball first, play tight defense, get the yeah. ball back, shorten the game, all all of that stuff. Uh, so yeah, the running backs are taking their stand right now. I mean, out of yeah. them, Devontae Freeman and Gurley got got paid. I believe they were like they were some of the last two that got you know sort of the bigger paychecks. I could be mm -hmm. missing someone, but Lev Bell held out, got his. Mm -hmm. backs are, the, the, the precedent has been set that, hey, you know, if you stand your ground, maybe that team won't pay you, but another team will because other yeah. teams, everyone's realized, hey, you still need running backs. Yeah. I guess the thing, like quarterbacks, you know, there's – how many quarterbacks in the league would you trust to fling it around 50 times in a game? handful of guys, right? Yeah. I mean yeah. – most a lot of them like if you did it that you're you're risking multiple interceptions or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, running backs, you know, some a lot of times you can get a third or fourth round running back and just you know just have hammer them into the line <laughs> like a bunch of times. You know, maybe save your more elite back for certain situations or something. It's it's a little bit more of a disposable position. You can you yeah. you can legitimately have multiple of those guys kind of playing in a single game and not yeah. you know, have it kind of. Uh, Take yeah. it off. So I, I think what's really hurt them, and and you know maybe the the it's hurt everybody in a way is the the slotted pay rates. You know within like within certain position groups, a certain based on what round you're drafted. Obviously, um, it's great for less holdouts. You know for the most part, yeah. but um, it's not great if you're a running back that you know totally defies the odds and does great for your first four years, right. and yeah. then you get one deal, and then that's maybe it. Probably it, yeah. I mean, on average, yeah. By the end of it, you're eight years in, and you yep. know what are you what are you getting out of it? You know, so they kind of have no choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why it doesn't make. It's not surprising when these guys sit out trying to get the second deal. Yeah. You know, yeah. because it's probably their last one. Just you know, history being what it is. So, yep. you know, few exceptions, but 
anyway. Um, so we decided in our league not to do a dynasty league. Yeah. But, you know, as we were talking about it, uh, I was really interested in like, what are the, like, and maybe some of our listeners would be, maybe Craig, if he ever plays fantasy football. Oh, sure. That's the one that's going to get Craig is the dynasty. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, would be interested in just kind of what the, I mean, I'm, I'm curious what the difference, what's the difference? Like, how do you, like, what, how do you approach that, that draft differently than you would an auction league or just a standard, you know, snake one year kind of league? Like what's the, it must, must be different, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the, a big difference is when you compare it to re, you know, redraft leagues, um, where you re, you redraft a new team every year. Uh, the big difference is you're not just looking for one year, obviously. You're looking for – there's always immediate upside that you need to kind of always have your eye on in fantasy. But even more than normal, you might be hedging a little bit for, you know, more of a rookie flyer or more of someone who's currently behind someone else on a depth chart. But if they get their chance, they can maybe take it over. And mm-hmm. if, if in the Venn diagram, if it's like, hey, they're they're behind someone that if they go down, they get a bunch of work. And then also, they happen to be a young player. You get those people in the middle, that's uh-huh. kind of like the meat of, of a dynasty, you know, dynasty draft where you're trying to find upside, you know, it's, it's, it's classic upside and ability versus opportunity, right? Just mm-hmm. kind of getting the equation down. So obviously, you know, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't take you too long to figure out some of the more important players right now in, in dynasty, right? If you take a wild guess. Who are some examples? Uh, right now, let's see. Young players. Um, uh, I feel like, let's see, like um, Kyler Murray. Sure. So Kyler Murray, normally you'd think, okay, well, it's just a rookie quarterback. I'm not sure, you know, what he's going to amount to or whatever. And that's why the reason I say, like, more rookies are flyers in Dynasty is uh, being that he's a quarterback, playing quarterback in fantasy is also broken inherently because rushing yards are like this crazy, it's not even equalizer. It's like a two to one advantage, right? Because you literally get so many more points just by having a rushing ability. So for him, you're like, "Mm, well, the line's not great in Arizona. He hope, you know, if he can get things together with Fitz, maybe if Christian Kirk takes second year leap, they're going to lean on David Johnson. There's a lot of what ifs. Does the air raid even in a full scale air raid, you know, does it work? But at the center point of it is, yeah, he's probably gonna, he's probably gonna have the opportunity to like scamper and pick up a lot of yards on the ground. You yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, right? and so he he projects some different kind of uh, upside. Similarly, if you look at Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, right? Yeah, right. Obviously, he needs to take certain steps to be you know more of a, a steady passer in the league. Meanwhile, he's basically Michael Vick on the ground. I mean, he's mm-hmm. insanely athletic, super fast gets to top end speed really quickly and can be a total headache for, for defenses. So you think, okay, well, you could take a flyer on either of those guys and mm-hmm. maybe pair one of them with a more steady, you know, a quarterback that's been around, been around for, for a while, like maybe a Roethlisberger or a Rivers or a Rodgers or a Breeze, yeah. like those guys that have been around for a while mm-hmm. and just think, okay, I'll take short-term window with, you know, Rodgers or Breeze, you know, with the next couple of years if that. And if I can lock in Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray or, you know, someone, someone, young, you know, someone young, then you say, oh, well, I've got them for this window. Let's see how they do. I don't really need to rely on them. It's kind mm-hmm. of the classic 
way that quarterbacks used to kind of be groomed when, yeah. when you and I, like, when we first started watching football, it's guys would sit their rookie year. They would sit their second year. Like, they were stashed away. You almost didn't even hear of them until two years later. And then it's like, oh, yeah, that guy that got drafted super early. Yeah, yeah. That was, I was playing again. You know, great. Um, it just kind of went that way. So the the thing about Dynasty is always got you always got to be thinking next. Like, not just this year, but next year. Um, not just right now, but what's going to happen if there's a coaching change? What's going to happen if there's mm-hmm. an offense change? So it's, it's an interesting dynamic. Um, the league that I'm in, we do contracts. Um, which it means that everyone in the league has a, has a cap and there's like a literal, you know, ceiling to it. Mm-hmm. And once you exceed that, your team really can't make any roster moves until you get under it. So in general, you have to work within a cap. Um, mm-hmm. I won't go into the super details of like that specific league because that's just how my league is versus the, the nuance of dynasty, which is, you know, just it's, there's more to it. It's more, trades matter a lot more because you're not just thinking about a guy for this next matchup for this week or this month of the season. You're thinking about, well, maybe next year, is he going to be worth more? Is he going to be more valuable? Um, so all walk that. me through the, me- the mechanics of it actually. So like, you know, you, you, you like say it's a brand new dynasty league. Everybody yeah. drafts, drafts people yeah. at the end of the, at the end of the year, is that when you decide here is like one or two guys that I'm going to carry over or do you, is that like the next time you draft you say that? or there's, that mul- there's multiple formats to it. Some places, there's some leagues that I know that are still referred to as, you know, either a keeper or a dynasty. There's kind of a little a little difference there. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, a keeper is where you just nominate a player or two, depending on what you've agreed upon, and mm-hmm. ke- you keep them at either their auction dollar m- uh, amount from last year or if it's a snake draft, you keep them at whatever round you got them. Right? Okay. So that's a, that's yeah. a keeper league that designation usually doesn't come until leading up to the next draft. So you just kind of know, Hey, if I was thinking of keeping a guy, but he got hurt in training camp, well, I'm not keeping that guy anymore. Versus yeah, okay. you know, if you're like, Oh, I want to keep these guys. Cause I think they're going to take the necessary steps or I got them at a steal last year and I want to retain them. Um, mm-hmm. All of that applies. The difference between that and dynasty is usually the, the terms involved. So like for our league that uses contracts, you have to, um, also decide how long you want them to be counting against your cap, right? Mm-hmm. So there's some guys that you just say, hey, I got them for this year, and that's it. Either I'm overpaying, you know, I overpaid to get them this year, but I really needed that position. And you let them walk the next year, and you try and refresh your cap that way. Um, for for others, it's just, hey, let me let me get the most uh, let me get the most assets. Let me get the young guys that could take the next step. As mm-hmm. soon as one of them takes that step, you sell them off the, at their at their highest value, mm-hmm. get some picks back kind of rinse and repeat next year. So uh, the thing that's interesting about it is you're kind of always working with this sort of nucleus of your team, um, unless you pull, you know, a massive amount of trades and have a whole different team. But in general, you're kind of always working with this core. You're just trying to add to it, you know, like, do I need a flex player? Do I need, you know, someone to back up my tight end? Do I need, um, you know, is is my quarterback plan not working and I just need to play matchups and all that stuff. So it's, it sounds like, uh as the you know when you're running a dynasty team like it's, you have a lot of the more like more like the actual considerations that you would if you were a gm for a team or something it's it's i'd say it's it's more on par with that than being you know it's 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 almost like if you were in a redraft if you're in a redraft league you're mm-hmm. you're more of an interim gm right you're just taking over that yeah. team as it is right now if yeah. you're in a dynasty league it's more of the 
you just got hired and you're going to be the GM for the next X amount of years. You already know that going in. So, so you're thinking, okay, well, how do I, how do I really construct this team? What do I want to focus on? What yeah. do I like about you? Um, you know, all of that. So does that mean that you, you, you more consciously make trade-offs? Like you, would you like take like a, um, like you might take a slightly lesser player in order to get a better player over here or something like that. Like that, is that one of the dynamics of it? Well, I think, I think one of the things that, uh, one of the dynamics of it is really you're selling, you're selling potential more than you are in any other, in any other format, right? Mm-hmm. If I pick up someone off the waivers and in a, in a redraft league, I pick up someone off the waivers. He has a good month. That's yeah. kind of his peak value, right? You were thinking yeah, right, right. he's done great. He's getting 10 catches and a touchdown a game. This is it. You're getting that player. You're getting peak, peak value. The thing in dynasty is even if he hasn't done that yet, but he's shown flash of the potential, you can sell the potential more than you can in, in any other, other format, right? So that's kind of the big part of it. It's where I've, a lot of people have asked me, like, you know, if you needed to break down fantasy football for someone that hasn't played it or is wondering what it's about, I've always used, like, I've always used the stock market as kind of an example, right? You're just trying to really guess and expect to what stocks are going to boom, what stocks are going to bust, and that's really what you're basing all of your analysis on, right? But that's all very, that's all very great. It's all very short-term. You know, mm-hmm. where if this would be more like, you know, long-term, long-term, long-term investment is really what it is. That's yeah. the, the best way to break it down. So it's, it's investing in, you know, maybe investing in like timeshares or real estate as opposed to just stock. Okay. I think I get that. So, um, so yeah, so, and you could have dynasty that's either auction or snake or what, like you could do it yeah, different ways. Yeah. Right? So. so, so what my league does is we, we still base their, um, sal- a player salary off of their auction value as, as ESPN designates it like the day, the day of our draft, mm-hmm. but the draft choices themselves are made in uh, linear picks, uh, as the, as same as the NFL draft. So based on our like schedule or our, our record from last year, they, mm-hmm. you would make picks accordingly. So, you know, to try and keep the, uh, the, um, the integrity of the league as high as possible. Oh, I see. And that makes sense because you're carrying people because over. Because you're right? carrying over. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Huh. It's kind of cool. So why, why did we decide not to do Dynasty in our league? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> as, as you can tell by my, you know, 40, 40 minute uh, uh, <laughs> answer to your question, there's a lot to it. There's a mm-hmm. lot to it. It's more nuanced. It's more, uh, there's more like there's more gravity to the trades. There's more importance to draft picks. Pretty much every part of it is more intense than than your normal your more normal league setup. You know whether it's redraft or auction, whichever way you play. Once yep. you start talking about retaining players and then also packaging them with draft picks, you're mm-hmm. you're talking about a lot of stuff. So yeah. you need people that are just they're that are down, that are in it, that are willing mm-hmm. to invest that kind of time and be like you know psyched at the idea. And so. You know, if we're talking about the size of a league, also has a lot to do with how fun it is, right? We've both been in leagues that have just a little too many people, maybe mm-hmm. maybe two too many or something like that, right? And we've also been in leagues where it's like, damn, there's like absolute bosses on the waiver wire, but like, you know, yeah, like right, ten person <laughs> league, eight person league. So finding the right the right number of people is is tough too. I feel like compared to what I've seen. 10 teams is great for dynasty because your waiver wire is still very valuable and mm-hmm. you kind of, and you need it to be because if you're retaining players year to year, you need the draft pool and the waiver wire to both be ideally pretty strong 
to where you're mm-hmm. able to get some starters out of it or something if you need to. Mm-hmm. If it's all if it's a if it's a dead waiver pool, one guy goes down, you're pretty screwed unless you somehow planned for it, you know, really really well. Yeah. So I think uh, I think that's the reason it didn't it didn't come together. Uh, just you know, I gotta gotta have a sense as, as someone that was planning on running the league. I want nine people plus me that are super down and mm-hmm. in it. And so she wasn't able to get the, the the magic fellowship together, but there's always time. Um, you know, plenty of guys. I, I got a good I got a good handle on at least six to seven, but getting those final three just as important as as getting anybody. You know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Especially because it's the kind of thing. It sounds like you want it to, want it to be a multi-year commitment. You want the same people yeah, kind of come yeah. back the and best, the team, right? So part of the best, um, aside from you know how how fun the guys in my dynasty league are, uh, most of whom we've met at this point. Uh, you know, other than other than them being hilarious people to be around, the fact that we have this history of you know seven years doing not not necessarily just this league. We've done mm-hmm. dynasty for most of that time but prior to that a majority of us were in the league together too so mm-hmm. even referring to that you know it's it's a long yeah. time to to have been in it so yeah. yeah i'm not asking everyone that signs up for dynasty to be in it for 10 years but it'd be nice if they were yeah right ideally right yeah. <laughs> uh, cool um yeah thanks for that that's that's uh that's enlightening yep. um so uh yeah are there are there I don't, you've been watching the preseason games i assume yep. at least the niners games right any uh, any rookies caught your eye? How are you feeling about your your rookie class? Well, the timing the timing of this podcast is uh, is great uh, because the the Niners Broncos preseason game is going on as we speak. Um, oh, so right. before jumping into the rookies, I wanted to also touch oh. on just the uh, the whole just this thing that comes up, you know, every preseason, and it's part of the excitement that comes with football being back um, mm-hmm. and training camp being back, and just sort of the that, that time of the year that, that, you know, that, that just sense in the air, Hey, football's back and we're all hype about it is just the sheer, the staggering amount of overreaction that happens from <laughs> one training camp or from one guy looking, you know, not just shaky, but maybe, maybe like hearing some random rumors and those start to get legs and just the amount of like craziness that, that is this time of the year. Yeah. Um, so with all that being said, I try to keep, as much of a, as much of a, you know, tempered excitement when it comes to some of the rookies that I am excited about mm-hmm. knowing full well that still nothing's been proven yet. Nothing's happened yet. In my opinion, um, yeah. we're just, we're just seeing a couple, a couple eye tests and that's it. If you're even seeing that. Yeah, uh, sure. So, you know, for first guy right off the top, obviously, obviously you gotta be excited about what the potential of Nick, uh, of, of Nick Bosa could be um, mm-hmm. added into the whole front line of the Niners and the fact that he fits a need that's been there for, I don't know how long mm-hmm. uh, and getting to time it all together with pairing him with all the other pieces that are there with the force Buckner already being the anchor with you no know, trading for D Ford. Um, with even Ronald Blair last year having a, a good year. Um, hoping guys like Solomon Thomas can take the next step. You know, there's a lot to like and everyone I've talked to and name dropped so far, that's all the defensive line. That's they're not talking about any other position group. So there's mm-hmm. a lot. There's a lot to be excited about there. Um, obviously, as I said, overreactions and everything uh, are a part of this time of year. Someone falls on his ankle. His ankle gets rolled. He's out yeah. for the preseason. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 awful 
you'd love to get to see him get some snaps in a game like this um, and, and going forward. But at the same time, I don't know. Does does it matter if he comes in and gets 10 sacks this year that he didn't play in preseason? No, nobody cares. Right. Nobody cares. <laughs> but because there's nothing else to focus on right now, people are like, well, I mean, he tore his ACL in high school. Um, he had that core injury at Ohio State. You know, he, he kind of tweaked his hammy during the second, like, day of OTAs. He got his ankle rolled on. Like, is he just injury prone? Is that, is that this is, – is he ever going to play? Is he ever going to like hit? a football player to me, but – Yeah, and I'm, like, I'm just thinking, okay, well, ACL's in high school. Sure, that sucks. I mean, that's mm-hmm. awful. It happens to hundreds of players across the country. Um, it happens, you know. Uh, has his ACL been a problem since then? Not on record, so mm-hmm. I would assume not an issue. Uh, the core injury that he had, uh, he actually came back from that and chose not to play anymore because he knew he was going to be a lottery pick and mm-hmm. decided, sorry, I'm going to just not do that. You know, so it's not, it's not as though he was shut down the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. He just decided. So I, I, try to, I try to keep a glass half full approach with this, but it is hard out there on Twitter, man. It is not easy. <laughs> you would think this guy – broke into someone's house and like stole all their toys on Christmas. Like when some, when someone gets rolled up on. Yeah. Um, right. So all of that negativity aside, uh, it's, it's exciting for what the front seven could look like. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to hedge the game a little bit. And rather than talk about, you know, I mean, we talked about maybe two, maybe two or three guys. I kind of wanted to cluster um, two together uh, in that uh, second round pick Debo Samuel, third round pick Jalen Hurd. Uh, mm-hmm. It was interesting to see Shannon, Kyle Shannon and John Lynch double dip at wide receiver um, mm-hmm. after they invested in a second-round pick last year, Dante Pettis, who I'm also pretty hyped about despite what you read on Twitter. Uh, yeah. Debo Samuel and Jalen Hurd are different types of receivers than, than what Dante Pettis is. Um, so I think they, the front office really made it clear what type of player they wanted and what type of, uh, um, you know, what type of talent they were looking to add. So mm-hmm. both Debo Samuel and Jalen Hurd are they bring some physicality to to mm-hmm. the position um you know they they both might not look like the, the the they're straight out of a lab like like your boy dk or like andre johnson or like julio yeah. or these guys that are just like what what are you what planet are you from because you're not from earth like it's not that not like those guys but they both bring this sort of like running back mentality to to the position where mm-hmm. when they get the ball they're going to make you earn taking them down and they're mm-hmm. not going down easily. Uh, Jalen Hurd flashed it uh, in, in, in the last preseason game, you know, caught, caught a, nice, <clears throat> a nice shallow drag off a of play action, was a couple yards short, just battering rammed his way into the end zone, you know, and mm-hmm. then um, that's kind of what you wanted to see out of him. Um, Debo actually didn't, didn't flash any of that yet, but you maybe weren't expecting him to be the type of guy that can, you know, go, go sky up and get a one-on-one 50-50 ball because of, just his stature and kind of his dimensions. And sure enough, he goes and catches like a 35-yard, you know, uh, jump ball. So there's mm-hmm. some excitement in that they're bringing elements to the game that the team doesn't already have. And with that is going to also come, you know, sort of that, that I think the locker room defining kind of stuff that you need where it's like, we're not going to just roll over and take an L. You're going to have to actually beat us in order for, you know, the, the, for them to, to go down or for them to lose, lose the ball or lose an assignment. So mm-hmm. I think they're bringing, they're bringing, you know, kind of the next, hopefully the next, the next wave of, of really impactful, really, really just intense um, uh, football players and, and just bringing that to the, to the field. So I'm, I'm really psyched about, about those three guys. 
Mm-hmm. Um, if I can, if I can uh, shimmy, if I can shimmy one more in there, there's a uh, Dre, Dre Greenlaw. He's a linebacker um, currently playing on the outside. Uh, two years ago when the front office took over, they wanted to bring in Malcolm Smith uh, and they brought him in. They paid him a lot of money to come in. The guy that knows the Seattle system really, really well, obviously um, he came in and, you know, on paper, you're thinking it's a great, it's a great signing and all of that. And mm-hmm. no, again, no fault of his, this hasn't been able to stay healthy. So that, that position has been an area of need for a while. And already in his first game, Greenlaw got, you know, a little turned around on, on, a, on some open field, like kind of coverage situation. And then the rest of the game was just him firing like down, down the tunnel, just, ra- just wrapping people up. So mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see if, if he can, can, can be there and be a surprise, then all of a sudden you can talk about not just their D-line, but all three linebacker spots being um, – mm-hmm know guys that can just move all over the field and, and impact coming downhill so just I, if I could really put all of it in a nutshell they added a lot of tone setters and I think that's something that if you're going from being a, a bad team to a team that is going to like ch- is going to challenge other teams and not not just take it on the chin and just never mm-hmm. return to return fire that's what you need you need tone setters guys that are yeah. going to just do that and you know they always say like you're either the hammer or you're, or you're the nail Right, and if you got some guys that want to be the hammer, it's going to start changing the the tone of your team. Yeah, right. That's cool. That sounds promising for you. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to talk about some kind of late rounder uh, skills guys because, you know, I have to admit Seattle's not the best in the early rounds. Like Rashad Penny, I'm watching the game on Sunday. I'm just like, what a waste of a draft pick. Oh, man. I really I'm, thought. I really thought they were hitting one with him when I, we really? talked about it. We yeah. talked about it a lot. I thought when I saw him in college, I thought, yeah, this dude's a, this dude's a solid NFL back, you know, and he's they're, just, they're just using him as like, let's keep Chris Carson healthy in the preseason. Yeah. We'll play Rashad Penny, you know, like that, that's, I don't know. I mean, anyway, so um, the guys that have stood out to me, I've actually really, uh, uh, this preseason, I mean, it's only been two games, so. You know, yeah, getting yeah. on the hype train a little bit. Oh, yeah. but what I've seen has given me some hope, and just in terms of like Seahawks depth. So, yeah. um, you know, unfortunately, DK hasn't done a lot. He got, you know, he's going to have knee surgery now, so hopefully that's not too serious. Um, he's had the one catch for eight yards, or whatever. But uh, the guys further down the depth chart have impressed me. So, Ugo Amadi, this uh, guy, fourth yeah. rounder out of Oregon, yep, um, defensive back. The man is a football player. I mean, yeah. he. You know, he, the way he moves around the field, I don't, and I don't know, you know, I looked up his stats. He's not the fastest guy on the field. He's not like Daryl Green. He's, he's Daryl Green's size, mm-hmm. but does not have his speed, his speed. But I think he has a lot of short area quickness, and he just, he's just like balance, and like, like he just, he's a great tackler, mm-hmm. just a football player, you know? So yeah. I think he's like a great addition to, you know, probably special teamer and just like a, you know, adding depth to the, to the defensive backfield. But yeah. um, just like, really impressed with him. John Ursua, I don't know if that's how you say his last name, but um, seventh rounder out of Hawaii, the right wide receiver. Um, I mean, again, just like a football player, you know, like he's like, he'll probably play in the slot. He's another smaller guy. Uh, not super high, like top end speed, but um, again, just out there just making plays, you know, like uh, yeah. like somebody that you could see Russell just connecting with and just like, okay, here's a reliable target. I need, I need six yards for a first down. Where, where's John Ursua, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's like really like a, like those two guys, especially really 
kind of caught my eye. The other guy is Jazz Ferguson. Now, he, he didn't that's have what, a great... Yeah, that's what I wanted to hear you talk about. Uh, it's great right. to... I'm glad that there's some other, some other hype there, but yeah. I feel like he's the one that I, I've been assuming you, want, you were going to... You were going to bring up. Well, and it becomes more important because DK is hurt. He's the same prototype. You know, he's like 6'5", you know, 235, 240, whatever he is. Yeah. Um, he's not as fast as DK, but very few humans on the planet are. Um, he, I don't know. I, I want him to do well. <laughs> but yeah. the last yeah. game, like he had a couple of drops and like, you know, made a couple of mistakes. He, you know, so I think he's, he has the potential probably to, to do well, but he's, yeah. um, Yes, you know, he still obviously needs to develop a little bit. Like, he needs to kind of get to that pro level. Yeah. Um, but he's, they're probably going to lean on him a little while while, while DK's hurt. So, it's that, I mean, maybe that's good for him. You know, like, he gets more yeah. work the first team, that kind of thing. Um, so, I, I don't know. I'm crossing my fingers for him. I, I, yeah. I, I hope he makes a team, and then I hope he kind of gets a chance to, to kind of play a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you want, you know, you were, you, as you said, obviously – when you invest in an early round pick, you you want return on that investment. Mm-hmm. Um, but as 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 frustrating as it has been to watch over the years, uh, John Schneider's been able to make you know plenty of chicken salad out of the, uh, the 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 chicken remains he's been getting in the in the later rounds. Right, yeah. he's been able to find some real steals, and that's obviously. I almost feel like they should just they just just skip the first and second round picks. You know, it's not. It wouldn't it's be unheard back. of if if they're thinking, "Hey, we're picking in the later ten, you know, picks almost every year, right?" Yeah. During this during this window, just just shop that pick for someone that wants to jump in and get the fifth year option on someone. Mm-hmm. Every year, there's someone that falls to the later ten picks that you didn't think was going to get there. Shop it, get more future picks or get more later round picks that you you yeah. seemingly crush. And play, play, hey, play to your strengths. You play, know, play, play the game. You know, it's fine. <laughs> Those first round picks are there. They're, they're, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I'm not gonna sit here and try and help the Seahawks. They're clearly not struggling <laughs> that much. Just manage to make the playoffs every year for some godforsaken reason. Right. Uh, so you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rebuke my my help. Uh, <laughs> if 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 listener number two is John Schneider, he can stop listening now. That's right. <laughs> um, there's also a running back. Uh, I think his last name is Moore. I'm not sure what his first name is. Oh, yeah. And he, he actually kind of impressed me this last game, too. Um, I don't know if he'll make the roster. He seemed like he might be on the bubble a little bit, but uh, he was playing hard. He was definitely you know, putting his shoulders down and well, you know, getting a couple tough tough yards each, each run. Don't the Seahawks love carrying, like, seven running backs? Yeah. Well, I think they probably – like, they use them as linemen, so they have more <laughs> running backs. I mean, that's, at least that's how they pass block. Oh, man. <laughs> I am interested, obviously, uh, given your 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 pulse on, on everything Seattle football. Uh, do you think the way that they've been playing that model is still going to be the mo? Is it going to be pound the rock, play action, let Russell do his frame targeting, and then chuck it? I mean, I think so. That there's um, you know, they keep talking about wanting to run it more, but yeah. so far in the preseason, they haven't done it, and that could just be, you know, the first team isn't out there that much. Um, so they don't have kind of personnel to do it. They've been throwing it a lot more in the preseason than I kind of expected them to. Yeah. But, you know, it's the preseason. Like, who knows if it means anything. They're, I mean, you know, they're, the goal of the coaches in that situation is to evaluate people. It's not to yeah. win the game or do anything else. So 
Yeah. Um, they may be just creating situations to see how guys perform and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they keep talking about wanting to like do that more, but also, you know, it took them three games into this last season to find that identity too. So yeah. Um, you know, who knows? They may get enamored of the past a little bit early on. Yeah, I, I'm I'm interested to see. I mean, obviously, you know, I know we we only touched on DK a little bit in the in the beginning, and yeah, he's everything I've read about the the procedure is. I mean, I'm not breaking any news here. They said it's not gonna really affect him for the whole season or anything. It's 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 pretty much you know um, maintenance work that they got to do and stuff. So yeah. once he's once he's got his legs you know back under him and he's he's able to get out there. I'm interested to see what the real plan is for him because he's just different than any other player they've invested in so far, right? They've always mm-hmm. taken the Lockets, the the Paul Richardsons, the super fast dudes, or the Doug Baldwin. Just I'm gonna like you know the 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 the, the comparisons I used to I feel like I used to make between Doug Baldwin and Steve Smith used to kind of get laughed at, but then you look at the the literal player type and who you're mm-hmm. talking about and the guys that play with edge. Um, mm-hmm. It's the, those two guys are very similar. So oh, yeah. they, they, they take one type or the other, right? And neither of those are Debo. He's not a kick returner. He's too goddamn big. Um, and he's not, you know, a Doug Baldwin or Steve Smith playing underneath and moving the chains, right? Yeah. He's just an absolute, he's an absolute burner, but at that size. So yeah. I wonder if it's the same old blueprint of, just let him run deep. Russell runs around. Everybody gets tired. Chuck it, and he's the only one that can go get it. Or is it, you know, hey, have him, have him evolve, grow, have him try and see if you can turn him into the next Andre Johnson or something. You know, just just kind of see what you can get out of him. I'm just, just interested. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't see him ever having the route running of Andre Johnson. Um, you know, it's he's like a you know he had that one catch for eight yards in that same game. He had two drops, right? Yeah. Like. I mean, one yeah. of them was legitimate, like, but, you know, as Craig would say, like, if you get your hand on it, you got to catch it, right? So, sure. Um, sure. but that, I mean, the, the play that I'm thinking of, he clearly ran p- right past the guy. I mean, yeah. the guy was like, whoa, crap. You know, like, could, yeah. like, he was well, you know, well past like an arm's length out yeah. in front of the guy yeah. when the ball got there. So, yeah. um, he's legitimately fast, but there are, you know, there are fast guys in the NFL. They're like, a, yeah. a lot of them play cornerback, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, the thing is, like, if they're 5'9, five, 5'10, Yep. And he's six foot four, six foot five. I'm and pretty he's, sure he's seven foot two. He's just he's nineteen he's feet tree. tall. He's a tree. And can jump. So <laughs> you know, if he's out in front of them at all, yeah. And it's it's up high. I mean, he's the only guy who can get it. So that's what I would envision is mm-hmm. is you play 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 to his strength, kind of what we we're joking about with yeah. the draft picks, right? It just um, put some super glue on his gloves or something, you know. Um you know, it it happens with guys that are that that like that much of a freak of nature, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to put him anywhere near the pedestal of T.O., but T.O. was a guy that you had to just feed targets to because yeah. yes, he was going to drop a couple. He was never, mm-hmm. you know, that guy that was anything that's near him. He's going to, you know, just catch everything. Um, right. But you feed him enough targets, like 10 or so over a game, he's getting you 80 and a touchdown or more. You know, mm-hmm. if you give him enough, enough opportunity. I don't know if D.K., if that's the eventual plan for him either, you know, to try and yeah. have him do that. But if all he's doing is running deep and you've got Russell running around buying time yeah. and can't cover for forever, 
That could be tough. That could be or real tough. Or you run tough. Four, four receivers and you have Lockett on one side and DK on the other side running deep. Yeah. And it, the, the middle is going to be open for somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you yeah. know, screens to the running back or whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's a formula there that I, I hope they tapped into. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think they'd have any shot at DK just falling to him. But the way he tumbled down the draft was a little was surprising to me, too. But, you know, all things considered, he wasn't the only receiver that tumbled, took that kind of a tumble. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of guys that I thought were going to go much earlier that didn't go, you know, as yeah. early as I thought. So it could also just be that, you know, teams are teams are just saying, well, we don't have time to really develop these guys. We're trying to win now. We want we want that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. See what happens with his 1.9% body fat. God, I, just don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I'm like 1%, 1.9% not body fat. Uh, considering I'm probably, if we're going by percentage of what your body is is like really composed of, yeah. and that puts me at about eighty to ninety percent beer, and you're gonna say that three three <laughs> percent coffee. Okay. Uh, and what's left? Hmm. What is that seventeen percent? Seventeen percent? You know, a combination of cheeseburgers and pizza and uh, and burritos, and that's it. You got me. Sure. Right on. You know, because you are what you eat. So that's what that's what it takes. You too can have this body. You got to put in the work, like I do. <laughs> it's, it's kind of work I can I can uh, get behind. You can get behind, yeah. <laughs> Anything else? What what else should we talk about? Anything else? It's been an hour. So, yeah. yeah. Um, what's it like to be excited about a punter? Because I'm excited about a punter. You excited about my punter? No, mine. Oh really? Well, not, oh. not my, mine, not mine. Like I own the team, the, the Niners, <laughs> the Niners punter. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me tell you, because last year I was pretty excited about this punter. You were. We have that. We have <laughs> the, We have the episodes to prove it, my friend. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing about taking him in the fifth round or whatever. Well, hey, we did you one better. We, t- we took one in the fourth round. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you saw the way the guy played last last dude year. Is, I mean, he's flipping the field. You know, it's a pollard, dude. Yeah. And when he wasn't doing it with his legs, I mean, he literally secured a win uh, with not kicking the ball, but running really fast. When <laughs> right, you know, um, that's right. And I don't know how many punters can actually say that. You know, that I'm they, surprised he didn't do that more. You know, as an Australian yeah. rules football guy. Yeah. Um, and then you know, if, like he does have to make a tackle. You're like, okay, this guy, he's tackled a few people this time. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned right. the, just the same same punter I'm mentioning. Just, uh-huh. just totally stuck a tackle during the game right now. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the same thing. I was. It must be preseason when you're thinking the sky is falling because because Jimmy had, Jimmy G had a rough start to to live football and uh, the punters making a tackle. So Twitter's on fire right now. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> nice. Well, I hope it works out for you. I mean, that's yeah. not true. I, I know it's not true. No, of course. Not. <laughs> Why would you? The NFC West, it could be very, very interesting. Because we haven't yeah. even talked about the Rams. We mentioned the Cardinals for like a split second talking about Kyler Murray. I mean, it could get real crazy yeah. real quick. I think Arizona is a, a year or two away from yeah. really contending. But but, it, but if all you have is a, a fast-paced offense that can wear down a defense, there's one way to steal games if you're able to. Yeah, that's true. Should make it exciting anyway. Yeah. Cool. I can't believe I just talked about a punter. 
like when you realize what you've become and you just don't like yeah. it. Yeah. It's sad. Like you're becoming your parents watching football. Oh my god. <laughs> it's all right. You have a good punter, you know. We'll see. These things happen. Yeah. Australian dudes, the next wave of punters. Right. Well, they can't play running back apparently. So. <laughs> maybe, they, maybe they can play safety the way they're laying people down. <laughs> yeah, right. Ah, cool. Should we call it? Let's hit it. All right. It's been the slant and go. Uh, you know, you can find us on online. I mean, if you I, want to. You, you've already found us if you're listening to this. Yeah, you don't. I mean, you don't have to. We'd like if you do. That'd be cool.